Hello, this is Jordan Rich welcoming you to another of our podcasts, On Mike with Jordan Rich. Conversations with creative people from the world of media, theater, literature, science, history, and more. My friends stop by to talk about what drives them, what compels them, their passions, their unique stories that so many of us can relate to. Contact information, you can email me, jordan at chartproductions.com. On Facebook, you'll find us at Jordan Rich Show, and on Twitter, it's at Jordan WBZ. Today's guest is all about creativity and expression. He's Peter Reynolds, award-winning illustrator and author of such world bestsellers as The North Star, The Dot, and his classic Ish, among dozens of other projects. His production company called Fablevision is a multimedia studio that designs and develops a huge array of engaging media and interactives that inspire, teach, and move people to action. Collaborations include the Jim Henson Company, Nick Jr., the Smithsonian, MIT, and National Geographic Society. You know, there are just some people born to sing or to act or to write or to lead. In my estimation, Peter is the world ambassador for imagination. He's born to do what he does. So let's go on, Mike. Peter Reynolds, wonderful to see you, man. Great to see you again. Yeah. Last time I saw you was a late night radio show we did together. And as we're speaking, you're doodling something. I don't know what you're doodling. <laughs> and that doodle still rests very proudly in my office on the wall. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I, If there's a blank sheet of paper, an envelope, uh, uh, I have to draw. Well, that's going to be my first point of interest, and that is early in school, you were the kid who did a lot of that, and Mm -hmm. perhaps they would call it daydreaming or doodling, but that led to who you are today, in a sense. Yeah, I I wish I could go back in time and tell my teachers that I was actually training, you know, I was in training for what I was going to do in the future, but, you know, a lot of teachers... You know, they would say, you know, Mr. Reynolds, eyes up front, you know, pay attention. You could do that on your own time. And uh, I I had to do it. For me, it was like breathing. And you had the one teacher you, you read about in your autobiography on your website, the one teacher who saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a seventh grade math teacher, Mr. Matson, And he noticed that I was doodling. And instead of telling me not to, he said, I'd like to chat with you after class. And he asked me if I could teach math using my art and my storytelling. Interesting that it was a math teacher. Right. And uh, so I went home and I created a comic book to teach math. And I brought it in and I showed it to him. And he said, uh, he was very quiet. He wasn't one of these sort of wild, effusive teachers, which is a quiet guy. So it kind of surprised me when he said, do you know what you've done? And I thought, well, I made a comic book. And he said, well, it's called a comic book, but it's also called a storyboard. It's what a filmmaker uses to plan out a film. How would Mm -hmm. you like to make an animated film of your story? So at this point, I'm ready to burst into flame. Like, I can't believe this. This is – I'm in math class. And not only did I make a comic book, but now he's saying let's make an animated film. And uh, he actually said, I I actually don't know how to make one, which was kind of cool because – I finally met an adult who said they didn't know something because, uh, you know, I figured teachers knew everything, adults knew everything. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turns out, you could still be curious and still learn whatever age you are. And so my teacher was curious and he, he found a teacher up at the high school and uh, Mr. Morrow, James Morrow. And uh, he was a super cool guy. And the three of us worked together. And age 12, I made my very first animated film to teach. And of course, that's what I'm 
doing today. That's what Fable Vision is all about. A very yeah. successful company that's gone on to do amazing things. And it's really cool to reflect on mentors, isn't it? And the people who made a difference, even if they weren't going out of their way to try to make a difference, they may not even consciously have thought about it, but they do. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's amazing. And it doesn't have to be a big conversation. It can be one 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 sentence. Right. And it can change your life. And the that your mentors can come from very unexpected places, like math class. I mean, I, you know, who would have thunk? And in fact, it was a science teacher uh, later on who invited me to do a, he, a graphic novel of uh, the uh, basically how the body worked. And I created this whole graphic novel of um, an adventure inside the human body. So, so much of what you're talking about as a young person involve not just the art, but the research and the understanding of the concepts. In other words, you, you found another way to learn about stuff. Absolutely, right? It was, it was a way for me to uh, use my creative brain to learn, but also to show, show what I was learning. Hmm. And you know, writing is certainly, that's one way. And some kids, you know, they, they can write, you know, pages and pages. For me, let me draw and I can tell you a story. Um, and as it turns out, you can also describe that that image. And that's what I ended up doing. I would draw, describe the image with captions. As it turns out, I was writing stories. And that's how picture books are made. Pictures with words. For so many people who have read your books and they're huge hits all over the world. And the reason I think they are is because you make it accessible. Let's talk about some of the books. Mm -hmm. Dot, for instance, the whole idea that you can just start with a dot. Right. Is so cool for somebody like me who just doodles and doesn't know beyond that what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the origin of some of these ideas. Uh, yeah, I think it was probably, well, it's coming up on 20 years ago that I I was working with some kids and there was this uh, group of first graders. And I was going, I said, just draw anything, anything just to kind of get warmed up. And all the kids start drawing away. And I see this little girl and she's drawing. As I approach her, she throws her body on top of her paper. <laughs> and she wouldn't let me see. And I, at first I thought she was kidding. And then I, I I, realized that she was really having this traumatic experience. And I, I said, what's wrong? And she just very slowly looked up at me and said, I, I just can't draw. And I thought, wow, she's in first grade and she says she can't draw. And then immediately I'm thinking, well, where did she learn that from, right? Because that just doesn't seem like a natural thing. I thought she was not getting the support around her to say, keep splashing. It doesn't matter. You know, just mm. create. You don't get better at the stuff you, you give up on. So um, I thought to myself, I am going to write a story for her. That just kind of started circling in my head. And one night I fell asleep while I, I was uh, drawing I, I, before I go to sleep, I try to write a little something or draw a little something. I like to read, but I also like to draw and write. And one night, I was so tired that I fell asleep with the pen in my hand. And it touched the paper. And I'm guessing it was an hour because when I woke up, there was this big black mark <laughs> on the page. So I threw the journal down. And when I woke up in the morning, I climbed out of bed and the light was shining through the window on this journal. And I looked down and I saw this big dot. And I, I thought that's a pretty cool looking dot. And so I picked up my marker and I wrote the dot. And underneath I wrote by Peter H. Reynolds. And that became the sort of touchstone for me. 
Uh, Very Edison-like to go to sleep and wake up and have that creative thing happen with the sun coming through. It sounds yeah, sounds yeah. like a movie scene. It's great. Well, I think in the same way that we were saying that your, your mentors might come from unexpected places, um, your inspiration is going to come from unexpected places at strange times too, right? I mean, right. It's, I think a lot of people, you know, they'll get their ideas, you know, in the shower or, you know, taking the walk. The key is not to forget. And I think that's one of the, the wonderful things about writing and drawing is that you can very quickly capture your idea. It doesn't have to be the full idea. Just write mm. something so that you'll find that little scrap of paper later and say, oh, yeah, that's you, a You idea. have a distinct style, I think. I mean, you're, you, people know a Peter Reynolds drawing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering, does that percolate in, say, an art college or is that something that's part of you and it just comes out naturally? You have some books here on the table and I'm looking and I, and I know exactly who did these. I wouldn't have to look at the title <laughs> uh -huh. and the, the author's name. But where does that come from, do you think? You know, it's interesting because I think in school we tend to be handed the formula and this is how we do it and this is the technique and mm. and you start filling your head with other people's ideas and and techniques and styles and uh which is good because you can certainly learn oh that's how van gogh you, you know painted um or that's how uh uh james thurber uh, wrote the the key though is to start to actually hear your own voice and say but how do I do it, mm. right? So you can certainly be influ influenced or inspired by other people. But in the end, you have to find uh, the words or the art that just feels right. Mm. And the only way to do that is just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing yeah. it. And also do it for yourself because you can get, you know, if you get hired to do it and say, and they say, okay, I'm, you know, draw this vase of flowers. If they're paying you, they, they might say, well, actually, we like it more realistic, We'd like, you know, more color. And then by the time you're finished, it's something they wanted, right? Not something mm. you wanted to create. Right, right. So, you know, for I urge creative people to make sure that you create just for yourself. Mm. You don't have to show it to anybody. You know, you have a shoebox shoe filled with your, your ideas and drawings. Well, you, you get reactions, obviously, from young people, from their parents, from teachers all the time. But one of the things that initially hits me when I read your materials and, and enjoyed them with my own kids is a sense of joy, a sense of gentleness. And I know you mm -hmm. rather well, having interviewed you and been in the same company. There has to be an intent to be very creative, but also to be engaging and warm and inviting. If that's what your intent is, it's working. Uh, you know, it, I don't think it was like a, a intentional plan, like I'm going to be a, a kind person and try to inspire <laughs> that and others. It just sort of ha happened naturally. I think I came from a really lovely family. Yeah. Um, the dinner table was really important. You know, all of us sat around and we had dinner. You know, it, it was just not a an option not to have dinner together. Televisions were not on, um, and we hung out together and and told stories. I grew up in a very sweet, gentle yeah. house, and uh, um, I was also involved in scouting. So that also, I think, was kind of formational for me. Mm. Scouting is such a great program, and uh, I stuck with it, and I, I'm. Proud to say I'm an Eagle Scout, and I'm also proud that scouting has finally let girls into the program. And so I'm a big advocate for uh, changing the world and making it inclusive and make sure that anybody who wants, you know, if they have a dream, they, they should follow it. And I've met some young women who have been in scouting unofficially 
um, well, officially, but they weren't allowed to become Eagle Scouts. A uh, really dynamic young woman, Sydney Ireland, who's uh, she's got all her requirements met, and I'm urging her to keep going. Right now, the sc- scouting is. They've invited girls in, but they haven't quite. It's getting there, though, right? I mean, things are evolving. Absolutely, yeah. So I I think if we can use our talents and gifts to make the world a better place, you know, it's a day well spent on the planet. Couldn't agree more. And that brings me to three letters ish, (laughs) I S H. And when I said to uh, my daughter, who is a teacher uh, Mm -hmm. and a reading teacher in New York, when I said to her I was going to sit down with Peter Reynolds, she said, oh, my gosh, (laughs) Uh, we read Ish all the time. First of all, chronologically, where does that come in terms of the order of projects? Uh, The North Star book was my first book, Mm -hmm. which introduced me to uh, uh, Candlewick Press. Candlewick Press got a copy of my book, The North Star. And they really loved my style, and they said, we've got a book series that we'd love you to illustrate called Judy Moody. So I've been illustrating the Judy Moody series for the past um, – coming up on 20 years. Oh, my goodness. And um, they they said, what else do you have? And I said, well, I've got this trilogy um, about creativity, and I call it the Create Trilogy. And I have three stories. One is called The Dot, and then Ish, and Sky Color. And at lunch, they said, we'd like – to buy all three. So I set out to finish um, Dot, Ish, and Sky Color. But Ish might be my favorite book that I've done. And I've I've, I'm, I've sort of lost count now of all the uh, – I know it's well north of 65 books with my name on them. Yeah. So um, what, what, Let's talk about Ish. How would you describe it to someone who's not seen it yet? Ish is a story about a, a young boy who loves to draw and uh, one day his older brother makes fun of his artwork and suddenly he loses his confidence and he you see him struggling trying to get these drawings to look right and they never do mm-hmm. and he crumples up the paper and he tosses them away and one day he's just he's done he's he gives up he's like that's it i'm not drawing anymore he drops his pencil and then he notices his little sister standing behind him and he's like what do you want and she's i was watching you draw not drawing, go away. Uh, so she runs away, but not before grabbing one of these crumpled sheets of paper. And his he goes running after his sister, and he's about to yell, and he goes into her room, and there on the walls mm. are all these crumpled sheets of paper, this crumpled gallery. I love it. And uh, she's she's smiling, and she points to one. And says, this is one of my favorites. And he's like, ah, it's supposed to be a vase of flowers. It doesn't look like one. And she says, well, it's vase-ish. And he's like phase ish, and then he looks at his drawings and he realizes that um, you know that they're they are ishful. And uh, the rest of the book, you see him blossom and bloom and yeah. sort of rediscover his voice. And uh, he starts drawing in his journals, you know, boat ish, afternoon ish, um, peace ish. And um, you know, for me, that that little that little word ish has helped. Uh, not only myself, but, you know, kids and teachers really relax and not be so critical. Mm. You know, Oh, it's got a great message. And, and that's why my daughter just raves about it, because you're dealing with third graders, fourth graders who are very, very sensitive and raw at that age. And they're they're concerned about getting it right. right. And that's what it does. It allows us to be who we are and, and be accepted. And I think that fear of being wrong, somehow we've uh, uh, we've t- sort of sent the wrong signal out that you know, you got to get it right all the time. When in fact, creativity is about messing around and and in, yeah. you know, in mixing things together that you hadn't thought of before. 
artists do it, but also scientists do it, right? People in technology, they're looking for something new and you can't, you can't follow the same recipe. We'll be right back with today's guest in a moment. This podcast is produced at Chart Productions with technical assistance from Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media. Now, if you're interested in developing your own podcast, whether for business or fun, please get in touch. We're now actively producing a whole bunch of great shows. And with our decades of broadcast experience, we can help you every step of the way produce and push up to the cloud a podcast you can be proud of. Visit chartproductions.com, C-H-A-R-T productions.com, and get in touch if we can be of help. Now, back to today's episode. You are also a model for not only artistic creativity and great abundance, but a good business sense, if I can say, which is rare. And I have so many friends who are artistically connected who are always kind of missing that piece. Mm -hmm. But this seems to be a really nice fit for you and your twin brother, by the way, Mm -hmm. working very closely. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the ventures. One, of course, we touched on is fable vision. I've done a lot of work over the years with you and, and your people, and, and mm-hmm. so many people have been touched by Fable Vision. Tell me about how it got started and what you're doing with it now. Sure. Fable Vision, we're celebrating 21 years, and uh, we are a interactive uh, studio creating media to help people tell their stories, scale up their mission. Um, sometimes it's an, an animated film. Uh, sometimes it's an interactive application for for iPhones. Uh, whatever new device they come up with, we will be able to help tell your story. So we've got we have about twenty five full time uh, artists, writers, producers, educators, uh, audio engineers, and uh, we are located on the top floor of the Boston Children's Museum. What a perfect place to be! Right? Pretty, I mean, it can't, doesn't awesome. get any better than yeah. that. And I love the name, the name Fable Vision. <laughs> oh my God! Is that who thought of that? Was that you or? Yeah, that was me. Well, why not take credit? <laughs> right. I I was thinking, uh, you yeah, know, what am I going to call this studio? And I thought, well, I love story. Right? It's, you can teach anything with a story. And I thought, well, fable a fable is a teaching story. So I thought, I love fable. And then I thought, vision. Yeah, it's like television, but it's mm. it's also, you know, vision means to be able to see something that doesn't yet exist. Mm-hmm. And that's what a creative person can do, right? You could say, a, someone can say, here's my problem. And as a creative person, you could say, do you know what? I can see the solution. And you can sketch it out. You can show it to them. You start sculpting it and they say, do you know, this would make a great animated film and we can add, you know, right. add some music and we can share it with the world. As high tech as it all gets, it really is cool. There's a beautiful brick and mortar part of you that I want to talk about. <laughs> For those people who are coming to the New England area and the Boston area, let's say, a good stop, especially if you have kids, is the Blue Bunny Bookstore, which is in Dedham, Massachusetts. Dedham's one of the oldest towns in America, and it's very historic, and it's a lovely spot. And I just think it's cool that you not only have the very latest high tech stuff going on for Fable Vision, but you have a store where people can come in and <laughs> mingle and schmooze and have readings and buy books. Yeah, real. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> store. Uh, it's got hardwood floor and tin ceilings, and we now have a cafe, so you can nestle in with a cup of coffee and uh, do your work and uh, read a book. And uh, I love that this bookstore has become a little community center in our downtown. I'm also a big fan of Main Street USA. I think, you know, it's a it's an American institution. We have to take care of our downtowns. And mm. those little mom and pop shops are, to me, that's what makes this country great, mm. right? Uh, 
people doing what they love and sharing that with other people. And of mm. course, you know, if you want to see a bookstore survive, you got to you got to go in there and and buy books. So you're certainly welcome to come to the Blue Bunny, but you know, support your local independent bookstore. They're doing uh, great things and. Uh, it's really a, a sweet, beautiful spot and fun, and there's great coffee shops and all the everything you need is right there. Even a movie theater across the street. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me bring us back to the creative spark and all that. This is the kind of thing that I love talking about with people because uh, as we all get a little bit older chronologically, some of us decide, well, I've done it all. I've been there, done that. I was telling you that a recent guest on my podcast is a 96 year old celebrated author and novelist. Mm. Boy, did she give me inspiration you know <laughs> what message do you have for the adults out there and it doesn't have to be drawing and writing books and all that but what message do you have to keep that spark alive to be creative why is that so important do you think well you know we we all work hard to you know take care of um, our families and a lot of times we sacrifice you know our own dreams and the nice thing about getting older is that um, you can't uh, you often have more time mm. towards the, the, you know, the last chapter and you can actually spend time hanging out with your own dreams and say, you know what, what makes me happy? And, you know, it might be just having the most amazing garden or, um, or teaching people how to uh, grow amazing tomatoes. Uh, you know, what brings you joy? I mean, for me, it is drawing and I, I know that I will be uh, drawing uh, 96 would be a very good goal. I'd like to, you know, 196 would be great. Yeah, that'd be I, cool. I've got, I have so many ideas. <laughs> in fact, I have a little journal. It's called Books Not Yet in Print. So it's all my ideas oh, for wow. books, future books. And I've got about 400 titles in that. And I'm. You'd be pursuing Isaac Asimov at that point. <laughs> but that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. I like the idea, in fact, of writing down uh, creative plans, even if they're just plans, because mm -hmm. that gives you an impetus to keep going. Yeah. I love technology, but give me a pencil and a crossword book, and I'm a very happy guy for hours. Mm -hmm. Give you uh, a sketch pad and a, and a pencil, and you go to town, right? Right, yeah. I love the blank page, which I think that's kind of a metaphor to say, you know, there's nothing there, right? Mm. But if you if you can look at a blank page and see something, right, and you take that pencil, you start moving your pencil on that paper, and you leave a mark, um, it's pretty cool, right? Because every day... Every day we, in our book that we're writing, you get a blank page. When you wake up in the morning, you get another blank page. So what are you going to do with it? I love that. And it also speaks to that legacy that we all can leave and cultivate, that legacy of teaching, that legacy of humor, that legacy of mm -hmm. warmth. At the end of the day, it's not the year you were born, the year you left. It's the dash, what you did in between. And that's what you're talking about, leaving, in your case, a visual written word legacy in mm -hmm. many cases. Yeah. I've just recently described it as impact after death, right? People <laughs> say, is there life after death? I say, well, I certainly know there's impact after death. It's your children, your grandchildren. It's what you did for the community. For people who are lucky enough to write books, those books will be on the shelf. And for me, it's a way to you know, keep hanging out with people and having conversations well after right. I'm gone. Now, here's a fun question. You have an eight-year-old, okay? Does that eight-year-old go to school and does everybody know that daddy is the author, Peter Reynolds, and wrote Ish? Or is it kind of, ah, yeah, my father, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, he, this year, <laughs> this is the year that he finally got what I did. Okay. You know? And and then he, he's quite proud that his dad is... 
You have to be on show and yeah. tell. You got to be one of the coolest, <laughs> coolest dads. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I went to a school and I read to the kids and I pulled Henry out of the audience and he was he oh, was yeah. so he was walking on air. Oh, so. absolutely. Well, I am so tickled that we got a chance to connect and and reestablish contact and talk about some of the really cool, not only the cool projects but the cool approach you take to these. Thank you. Uh, well, it's it, always fun hanging out with you and and thank you for what you do to inspire all your listeners. Entertain and educate. That's all I really want to do. If we move the needle a little bit, boy, that's a great feeling. Right. And who knows, you and I may have moved a couple of needles today. I hope so. But Peter, it's wonderful to see you. Continued health and success and happiness and the blue bunny, may it rain forever. (laughs) Thank you. Along with Fablevision. Take care. Thank you, Jordan. My thanks again to the best-selling author and illustrator, Peter Reynolds. To find out more about Peter, visit peterhreynolds.com. And thanks to all of you for listening and to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media for his help in sending these episodes right up to the cloud so ably. Until next time, this is Jordan Rich saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Peace.